Welcome to the Ghost Hunting Society and Other Phenomena, Season 1, Episode 8. Uh, this week we're joined by Joe from Preston. Joe's got some wonderful experiences and it's quite, well, not terrifying really. Um, she had a fascinating uh, upbringing with ghosts, berries, poltergeist activity. There's lots of things that happened, not just in the house she lived in, but also in a place where she worked. Very interesting place as well. Uh, we'll get into that very shortly. Uh, just give a shout out to everybody that is tuning in every week. Thank you so much for following us. I know we've gone international, but it's really important that all the people here in the UK um, connect with us as well. So if you've got a question you'd like to ask, a story you'd like to send in, or even if you want to join us on the show and come and talk about your experiences yourself, then please reach out and email us at ghosthuntingsociety at hotmail.com. That's ghosthuntingsociety at hotmail.com. So, will you please welcome to the show, Joe from Preston. How are you doing, Joe? Oh, I'm absolutely fine. Lovely to talk to you. And lovely to talk to you. Thanks for bearing with us. We've been extremely busy, as you know. Um, now, Joe contacted us. Um, I need to find out a bit more, obviously, about your, your background and how things started. But some of the things that you've already mentioned in uh, your message to us are fascinating. I mean, really fascinating. And we'll come on to them as we go on. But Joe, can we please start with um, you as a child, if you don't mind, and kind of lead us into where, when did you first experience something? I mean, were you brought up around uh, the belief in the paranormal? Not at all. Um, my mum seemed to be quite sort of nervous about the whole subject. Um, but something that really sticks in my mind is when I was very, very small, um, I was in my playroom. I must have been, I don't know, four years old, something like that. And I was playing away with my dolls and everything as you do. And all of a sudden I looked down and there was what I thought was a black stick of chalk on the floor, which definitely wasn't there. Now, um, I looked at that and thought, what on earth is that? And it kind of worried me a bit. So I thought, I'll go down and get mummy and show her what is this black truck doing on my floor when it wasn't here before. So anyway, mum came up and no black sticker truck, none at all. So I thought, okay, that's fine. At that age, you don't place anything to it, do you? So um, anyway, what had happened? A few weeks later, it was Christmas time and I actually got a, a big blackboard with um, an easel you know and some chalks for Christmas and what I had actually seen was one of the easel pegs on the floor and as soon as I opened my Christmas present I said to my mom I said mommy mommy this is what was there this is what was on my floor um, you know a few weeks ago and she said no it can't have been 
she said i've only just bought it but i was thinking so strongly i wish i could afford to buy you that easel so she said that it was on her mind constantly so make of that what you will had i seen something that wasn't actually materially there um, you know, I feel I've travelled astrally as well when I was a child. Remember floating downstairs like a lucid dream. But anyways, you, you grow, you don't think anything of it. Um, but, you know, I have had premonitions as well that seem to come true. So, you know, if I get scared of something, I keep away from it. Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating, Jason. I've not heard of this before, but obviously I've heard of premonitions. But for, for you to have a premonition of... Uh, an inanimate object um mm. that's you know that's that that's possible that you saw that in the future that you that you had a premonition of it i don't know what it was but it was it was as real as anything but at that age you just you get over it quickly don't you never thought anything about it but i do remember sort of leaving my body when i was very small and trying to jump downstairs but you, you kind of grow out of it even though uh, the paranormal fascinates me absolutely fascinating to the point where i am now an accredited uh, paranormal investigator as well oh wow can, can we just quickly talk about the outer body because i'm fascinated with that the the outer body experiences were these things that you um did during what just relaxing on your bed and then you'd, you'd well this to happen or would it just happen to you i no no i was very small i, I I can't think of how old I was. I was under 10 years old. I was a child. But I, I remember very, very clearly sort of raising from my bed, even though I was on the bed. And it was almost like it was slow motion. I went through the door, stood at the top of the stairs. And I remember even to this day thinking, I wonder if I jump down the stairs, will I float? And it kind of felt that. I was floating down the stairs. Everything seemed to be in small motion. And um, this happened not too often, maybe two or three times when I was a child. But also what happened, I would get into the living room, which was at the foot of the stairs. And all of a sudden, I would feel utter fear, as if I was going to be chased. And I suddenly remember thinking, I've got to get away from here because there's something after me. And I remember quite clearly this, I don't know what it was. All I can describe it as is snake-like, like um, a bolt of lightning, maybe coming for me at really fast speed. And as it came for me, I was obviously, you know, huddled in the corridor, you know, trying to get away from it. I would wake up and obviously be back in my body. It's, it's definitely not something I can do at will. I know some people can, but I, I can't. It, it just happens. But, you know, I, I have been left with um, premonitions. You know, if I suddenly get a fear of something, it will possibly come true. Um, I had a fear of fire, sudden fear of fire for two weeks. And then my husband, you know, it, it's stuff like that. So if I get frightened of something, I just won't do it because it could be real. Yeah, this this is more about a premonition rather than you kind of uh, manifesting these things yourself. Do you think? Of course, I yeah. think so. I'm somehow just jumping into into the future. Um, very very strange. I, I can't explain it, but you know, this paranormal has always fascinated me. Hence, you know, my my lifelong interest yeah. in it. 
And then this entity as well, I just want to find out about this. So this was during your phases of out-of-body experience as a child. Is that as when a you would, child. So you would experience that during that moments, or was this there at times when you were awake and conscious no, and walking no, no. around? Never, 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 never when I'm awake. The only time this, well, I don't know what to call it, even like a bolt of lightning, streak of lightning, it was that fast, very low to the ground, snake-like, and I remember it being very dark. And it was always going to strike me. It was almost as if lightning was going to hit me or this snake was going to attack me. But I would be so, oh, you know, and, and I'd be back, back it's, in bed. It's almost like that you, you went into, um, I know there's better words for it probably, but a different realm. And when you did, this thing dwelled in that realm. And so he could, he could see you then, he could interact with you then. Or, more Possibly. scary, more scary. Could it have been there all the time, but you only sensed it when you were in that realm? Well, this is a question, isn't it? We don't know, do we? There's no answers to the paranormal, is there? <laughs> no, but I tell you what I do love about your stories already, as in, and I say this all the time, if somebody was to make up a story, do you think of something rather more fantastical? So like the, the easel, you know, this, this piece, it'd be something else that you would have foreseen happening. It seems like a rather menial thing to happen, but it's it's got large consequences because you couldn't have known that was going to be there, but it was. No. And, no, it's, and it's and the same with the, the, this entity, isn't it? You know, you, 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 you've, you've seen this almost like bolt of, of lightning, the snake-like kind yeah, of object. You, yeah, you yeah. didn't say there was a great big dark figure that came out the corner. So I love these kind of stories. I really do, Joe. It's, it's weird because, you know, you do remember them so long ago, you know, and, but they've stuck in my mind, you know, no explanations for them whatsoever. Do you think these have obviously shaped you, the person that you are now? I wouldn't like to say. I wouldn't like to say, but, you know, it, it's weird because I, my mum is quite scared of the paranormal. Um, the, so I've never been, you know, you hear of people being brought up, you know, in, in houses, going to spiritualist church. It was absolutely nothing like that. Um, my mum's very nervous of it. But she herself has seen two UFOs. And, you know, she wouldn't take them any further even though um, I worked on the newspaper at that time and um, the reporters wanted to do a story with her because other people had reported these um, flying objects in the sky at the same time but mum bless her I mean she's 93 now but she was a psychiatric ward sister and she just refused to sort of go public with it because she said they'll think I'm you know Yeah. Not not fit to be award sister, so yeah, no. um it's so you know things yeah, things obviously happen, but you know, there was never any big deal made out of them. So there was how many people lived with you in the house? Um well there was obviously my mum, um my dad, my smaller brother, and later on my, my younger sister as well, but to my knowledge nothing has happened to you know any of my siblings so the stories are already kind of sounding like as though um you're sensitive to to the paranormal i wouldn't like to say that i can turn it on and off at will um but it sounds like you've got one foot in there if you know what i mean is then like yeah possibly possibly you know i mean i have a very very unnatural fear of driving i won't drive I've I've got a license, and I as soon as I got the license, it was my boss at the time, you know, persuaded me to, yeah. oh, you know, you, if you face your fears, you know, you you'll get over it. But I, I've got my license, and I, I literally haven't driven since because I've got this overwhelming fear 
um, and I can't really explain it. It's it's inexplicable. Is it a premonition or is it past life memories? It's just something I don't even want to go there. Yeah, the past life um, thing, I think, is quite interesting because, uh, again, I've heard this many a time when people say, oh, I, I don't like being in small spaces. What well, well, perhaps something happened mm-hmm. to you where you were crushed. You know, I don't like driving, don't like the sea. You know, perhaps you drown yeah. out at sea. So, yeah, it does I, make you wonder, doesn't it? It does, and it really I think... Does. I think there's, there's something to be said about this idea that, um, you know, we, we, we can, I mean, I've never been, I'm going to be soon, by the way, but I've never had past life regression done. Um, but it'd be interesting to find out kind of the fears that I've got now, now the phobias I've got now, do they yeah. relate to it? And obviously I'm going to keep that close to my chest until after I've had the, the past life regression to see whether they tally up. But yeah, I think that's fascinating. We we then move on to some, I mean, you've had some quite... I would say very, very bizarre, also very diverse kind of experiences to do with the paranormal. You, I know you've got an absolute ton of them. Where should we go next, Joe? Well, um, I think what would be interesting um, is if I talked a little bit about uh, where I used to work as a tour guide. Now, um, I was a tour guide for eight years um, at what was Britain's most haunted house called Chingle Hall at Goosner, which is near Preston in Lancashire. Um, It had a reputation all over the world. We would get visitors coming to do overnight stays. And sometimes the waiting list could be up to a year before there was a free weekend for people to come. You would get people coming from the States, from Canada. You know, it really, really had this reputation. Now, Despite me being quite sensitive, I am the first person to look at things logically. That's I'm also, um, yeah, yeah, I'm a paranormal investigator as well, an accredited one. So you have to look at things. You know, somebody will say, oh, we've seen a ghost, we've seen a shape. I would normally go in and, you know, look at what it could have been. But I'm afraid it wasn't a ghost. It was such and such a thing. So I'm, I'm a level-headed Capricorn. To put it that way, very, very level-headed. I don't jump to conclusions. You know, I will always look for natural explanations. But sometimes there is no natural explanation. And this is just a couple of the things that I I did want to talk to you about today. So being at Chingle Hall, just a very, very brief background um, to the history of Chingle Hall. It was um, a house that was built in 1260 originally a farmhouse and hugely known for its ghosts. Now, it was the birthplace of one of the English martyrs, St. John Wall. It was used in the Reformation period as a secret mass centre. And what would happen, the priests and the family would light a candle in the vestibule window and obviously, in those days, it wasn't quite as built up with, you know, uh, walls, etc. So the flame of that candle would be thrown across the fields and the local people um, in Goosna village would know, ah, there's a priest on site. There's going to be a mass said, let's go head to Jingle Hall. Because obviously, these are very, very dangerous activities. John Wall was um, put to death, basically, at um, in Worcester. And he was hung, drawn and quartered. Now, legend says that his head was brought back to Jingle Hall, smuggled back by some of his supporters and buried in the grounds. 
Nobody to this day has ever found that skull, ever. So people used to say, could the, um, the occurrences that happened there, could that be something to do with the head? But there were a, a wide range of occurrences and a lot of people reported seeing monks on the drawbridge. Um, it was absolutely full, full of, of things happening nightly. Um, we used to do reports for the people who'd stayed overnight at breakfast time. We'd, you know, let them have the breakfast and we'd do a debrief. And we had loads and loads of experiences, absolutely differing. And they range from anything to footsteps, to people seeing shadows, um, to things happening, things disappearing, things appearing, absolutely the whole spectrum. But again, you know, people can be quite um, mistaken. You know, they might see um, a shadow and think, oh, this is a ghost where it could have been something quite normal. They might see a light and say, oh, yes, you know, strange light, something's happening here. Might have been somebody outside with a torch. So, you know, you've got to look at the, the, the what it could be before anything else. Um, but let me just go on to a couple of things that, that actually happened to me. Going back to when I was doing my training, we were being taken around the house and the trainee guys were being taken around the house and we were basically job shadowing a regular guide who was there full time. Now, one of the stories about Jingle Hall is of the door knocker and it was a very, very unusual door knocker, very rare door knocker in the shape of a trinity. And you know, the guide was telling us all these, you know, stories that, you know, happened there. And all of a sudden, the door knocker started pounding really loudly. Now, we were then in the chapel, which is literally, I don't know, two yards away from the vestibule and the front door. And everybody, we had, uh, sorry, I should have said this straight away. We had a Women's Institute meeting. They came, you know, they did a private tour. So we had half the women downstairs and half the women upstairs with another tour guy because it was a big, big group. So everybody heard this door knocker just pound, 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 laughter. Oh, look, there's your ghost knock. And people were just, you know, joking. And I thought, oh, the owners who lived on site have got a visitor. Even though the owners never let their personal visitors go to the front door, their personal friends and visitors were always, always told to go via the kitchen so you wouldn't interfere with any tours that were going on in the house. So anyway, that we ignored, you know, a lot of laughter and, uh, you know, ignored this door knocker. And then it went even louder, bang, 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 as if somebody was really, really desperate to go in. So I looked at the guy and I said, do you want me to go and answer it? And she says, yeah, yeah, go. So I walked the few steps, basically, to that front door, opened it, zero. Not a person around, nothing it could have been. And the, the layout of the house is, is there was a moat underneath the drawbridge. You would have seen anybody anybody they would not have had time to go hide anywhere um you know before i opened the door and also what made it more spectacular was we found out afterwards that the guide upstairs 
When she heard all the pounding, she peered out of the window, which was directly over the front door, to see who was pounding and making such a noise, and she saw nobody either. What do you reckon to that? I'm gobsmacked. I'm yeah. absolutely gobsmacked. I'm, I, I tell you what really springs to mind here. Um, well, first of all, you, I don't know if it was just how you were describing it, but you were going and it, and it went bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Where, where was the a, a certain number of bangs you can remember, or was it a continuous bang? I would have said it was about three or four bangs, like bang, 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 you know, like that. Yeah. And then nobody answered, of course, first time. So we just left it. I don't know if you're aware, but there's this there's this thought. I mean, I've had other stories told similar to this. Uh, one was actually at a, a, an old hospital, and mm-hmm. at night there was there was three bangs. This woman used to hear on the on the doors, and she'd go to the door thinking that you know someone's relative had turned up late at night because it was palliative yeah, yeah. care. Um, yeah. And when she got to the door, there was no one there. Then when she got back to yeah. the person she was she was tending to, they died. And this happened to her All three right. times, and she had three bangs. Now, there's this theory out there that the reason that these three bangs, I don't know if you've seen in films, is always bang, bang, bang. Um, and the idea is that it's it's something evil, uh, negative, that's mocking the Holy Trinity of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So it's like the three okay. is kind of... So I don't know whether it was just you know, how you were saying it or a memory, but if it was three bangs, sometimes that can be mocking things. So very interesting as well. All of things like that, 40 people heard it as well. So it's not like... Yes. Though... Yeah, the house was absolutely full. Yeah. And, you know, at first we thought, oh, you know, this has been set up. You know, they've done it deliberately for the sake of the guys. Well, they never did. Yeah. The the thing at Jingle Hall was we, if we had been caught doing anything, you know, um, setting anything up, it was instant dismissal. They were The owners were absolutely strict. Yeah, Nobody must play games, you know. People pay a lot of money to come and stay here. Yeah. Um, and none of the guys, you know, we were all very serious about the subject. We would never have dreamed of that. So, I mean, that that was just um, one one thing that happened to me, you know, straight away. Um, I can tell you more. <laughs> yeah, go away. You keep okay. going. I'm, I'm enjoying that. Right, okay. Um, we had a guide's bedroom. There were meant to be two guides on um, overnight. Because bear in mind, we'd get up to eight people. That was the maximum we really took, you know, eight strangers coming in, you know, to stay the night, do their uh, paranormal vigils. Um, so we didn't really ever know who was in the house, you know, what, what their intentions were. So they were not meant to be one guide on ever. But sometimes I was on my own, which I didn't actually mind. Um, but also things started happening to me, especially when I was on my own. Um, the guide's bedroom... It was very, very dark. We had thick blackout curtains. And um, I was there this particular night that my other guide hadn't shown up. And I was woken up by a cat jumping on me. And I have cats at home, so I don't know if you do, but you know how a cat jumps on you and starts slowly walking up your chest. I could feel the paws. It was the weight of a cat. It started walking up towards my face. And because it woke me up, I was still in a bit of a, you know, daydream. And I thought, oh, am I at home? This is my cat jumped up. And then suddenly it dawned on me, no, I'm not at home. I'm a chingle. There's no cats here. I was so aware there were no cats in the house. Now, the minute the realisation hit me that this was no ordinary cat, 
I can't explain it. I wouldn't say it was fear, but my blood suddenly turned cold. I shivered. It's as if somebody had poured a bucket of ice on me. I suddenly started shivering really really cold and I pulled the blanket tighter on me you know really cold and as as I did that the weight just disappeared um and I thought okay I'm not I'm not frightened of the paranormal it takes a lot to scare me um and that didn't but I was more curious than anything and in the morning I said to the owners I said I had a really strange experience in the bedroom last night a cat woke me up. What felt like a cat just jumped on me and woke, woke, woke me up and walked up, you know, to my face. And they said, wow. They said, we have heard stories of this ghost cat frequenting the uh, guy's bedroom, but we have never made that public because some of our guys are quite nervous and they would refuse to sleep. Um, or, you know, come on duty if they thought <laughs> they were going to be so attacked by um, a ghost cat. So how about that? So, so again, you, you've, you I don't think you've foreseen something. You've experienced something. You, you had no knowledge of this beforehand. Um, None. But they've obviously then validated that by telling you that this is something that they've had reported before, but they didn't make it yep. public. Um, yes. Well, how did you feel at that moment? I mean, was there a moment of like, oh, oh wow, or was it, oh, Lord? How, how did you feel? You said no. that it doesn't scare you. Was it fascinating? It's fascinating. As I say, I just feel no fear. Um, you know, certainly never, ever felt nervous at Tringle Hall. Whatever was there, it was it was very positive. It I felt that, you know, it had an affinity with me. We liked it, even though I have heard um, people later on say that they had completely different experiences when they were living there, etc. But uh, just to give you an example as well in that guide's bedroom of um, something that, to prove whatever it was, <laughs> but actually liked me. I remember again another time when my fellow guide hadn't shown up and it's Jingle Hall was quite away from my house. I used to basically get a bus up there and because it's in the countryside, not not the best bus routes and everything. Um, so anyway, the other guide always dropped me off on the main road where I could easily get a bus after our shifts in the morning. This particular night, this guide hadn't turned up. So I thought, oh, damn, you know, let me just check my purse. Let's see if I've got enough money to get another bus to the main road to get my main bus so i looked at my purse i thought oh no oh no i'm a pound short i'm not going to be able to get this local bus to you know the main bus route so what do i do do i walk all that way which would have probably take me about 45 minutes to an hour to get to the main road or should i just you know sort of grin and bury and just ask the owners oh could you lend me a pound um so as i was sitting there in the guide's bedroom um suddenly i looked down on the rug in front of me what was there what do you think there was you can tell me a, a pound, pound aren't you <laughs> a pound coin which i swear was not there before i sat down there was nobody in that guy's bedroom a pound coin enough just to get me on that bus was appeared in front of me yeah. I like how you so, say it appeared as well rather than materialised because you just I, don't know where it I came from. I never saw it materialise. Yeah. You know, I know it wasn't there before. I was sat there for, for ages beforehand, you know, just doing my own thing. There was no pound coin on the floor. And then when I started thinking, should I go downstairs and ask somebody to lend me a pound? It was there. 
you know, how, how do you explain that? Uh, I would explain it by a lot of the things you've already said. I mean, a lot of the things you've mentioned at Shingle Hall, to me, sounds like paranormal, uh, 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 poltergeast activity. Um, you know, with the banging, um, the, even the feeling of something walking over, the ghost cat. Um, did anybody ever, ever see any ghosts there? A lot of people said they saw things. Um, but again, you know, I'm I'm of the mindset that I would need to see it myself because I know people in general are quite, if they're not really into the subject, if they don't really study the subject, people can imagine things. Yes, they can. Um, so, you know, you, they can make things out. A shadow suddenly becomes a ghost, whereas, you know, I would be more critical of it. So, yeah, many, many ghost sightings were reported. Monks um, were often reported. Um, so I'm not quite sure why you know, the monks are priests, yeah, but monks, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so, so yeah, many, many reports. Um, but just another important thing I do want to tell you, um, you know, just outside the guy's bedroom. Now, this totally, totally is inexplicable. This particular morning, um, my friend and, and co-guide, had gone downstairs probably about 7 a.m. to start making breakfast, you know, for the people who were still fast asleep in their respective rooms. So we always had a pot in between our two beds where we had the key to the bedroom. And it was like always absolutely crucial that whoever was last out of the bedroom locked the door with a key, brought the key down, you know, stairs. Because, again, you don't know who's in the house. They could have gone in, they could have gone rifling, robbing, anything. So it, it was always drummed into us, always, never leave that guy's bedroom door unlocked. So anyway, Anna had gone downstairs this particular morning, and I'm not the best in the morning. So I thought, oh, I'll just have another 10 minutes. I'll, I'll come down and help you in a minute. So she went. I got up a few minutes later and got ready to go down to the kitchen and I looked for the key and the key is not there. I looked on the floor as she dropped it, as it fallen down, down behind the little um, the shelf of drawers it was standing on. Absolutely nowhere. The key was nowhere. So I thought, I wonder if she's, uh, you know, just kept it in a pocket or something you know inadvertently without thinking you know so I thought I'll go down to the kitchen and ask her so I went out of the guy's bedroom and I started walking down the staircase now bear in mind the house is silent everybody's asleep not a trace of anybody I took a couple of steps down the steps and something was thrown at me from behind it hit me with massive force on my shoulder Bang. And I knew what it was before I even looked round. I looked round and guess what it was? The key. It's going to be the, the key. The yeah. key. Wow. So you tell me, where did that key come from? <sighs> Again. The corridor was empty. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a fascinating story this is because th- this kind of almost uh, reminds me of uh, Enfield uh, where there's objects thrown yeah. at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's so. Yeah. This is this in the daytime as well. We aren't talking at night time. This is in in daylight. Daylight. Yeah. You know, I, it's it's really things happen in the daylight. Um, you know, people have this misconception that most things happen at night. They don't. Yeah, glad they don't you said that. Yeah, I say this. To you everybody. know, uh, 
yeah yeah um things happen as you're just going around your business um like for example um in the kitchen i'll just give you a kitchen story here um anna and myself we, we work together a lot quite as a team and this particular day we were in the kitchen and it was a big big kitchen and they had an, a very sort of what i call an old-fashioned kind of cooker you know with a slotting toast rack underneath uh, on top eye level grill yes and those grills you know slotted in quite safely and we had some toast under the um the grill which was just toasting away i had my back turned because i was putting some um uh, jam into into pots and all of a sudden, and it was washing out, and all of a sudden we heard a crash, metallic crash, and we looked. The toast rack, the whole toast rack, was at the other end of the room. Something had pulled it out and flung it across the kitchen, hit the wall, toast on the floor. Now, you've you've already said that you kind of took these things in, in your stride. How about Hannah? No, I mean, she she was very much like me, you know, we took it as, you know, this is, we're blessed. I, I felt absolutely blessed lucky, and yeah. privileged, lucky, if that makes sense. Yeah. There, there was never, ever any fear for me at, at Chingle Hall, ever. Um, and, you know, a lot of guests who actually came, they would actually say to us, you know, in the morning, we were absolutely petrified coming here, you know, with all the stories. But as soon as we walked in, the atmosphere was calm. It, th there was no menacing atmosphere. And a lot of people said that, you know, so and, and I agree the the atmosphere, you know, when I was there was it was welcoming. How can I put it? It's very difficult to put into words, but there was never any fear never at all you know whatever happened was was fascinating absolutely fascinating um uh, what what can i say you know um people would come and give us the stories in the morning um many many stories which we logged um occasionally we would have groups who said uh no nothing happened yep. sadly nothing happened but that was very very rare very rare and I, I do remember one time as well, there was a quite a large group uh, around the table and they'd just done their debriefing and there was one one young girl and she, she says, oh, you know, everybody heard something, everybody said they saw something and I didn't, nothing at all happened to me, I'm really disappointed. At that minute, again, there must have been 10 people in the room, she had a comb in her hair. Um, I don't know if, if you know what I'm talking about, but it was like a decorative comb. You just put it in your hair and it and, went yeah. over itself, you yeah. know, so it, it, it was securing her hair. Suddenly that comb flew out of her hair and hit a wall. So that there was no way. If, if There's it no had explanation just dropped, for that. There's no explanation it, for that, is there? None. There isn't. If it had just dropped, it would have dropped on the floor. But to be actually thrown across another wall is... You know, we all witnessed it. Ten people actually witnessed that. Was, that, was so, this kind of towards the end of a night, you're saying? That, that it yes, was like a quiet yes, night? Yes, as, as they were going home. Yeah, I've had, it, I've had that before as well, right at the end of an investigation. We, yeah. do, we do investigations at 8 Palm Mall, and, and we yeah. had a night where nothing happened all night for everybody. Yeah. Again, I don't mind that. I, I wish it would happen, but I won't fake it. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, you can't make these things happen. Right at the end of the investigation where people are leaving... 
we had stamping going across it upstairs and we were all downstairs. There was nobody in the building. So it's like, oh, you're going now. Right, I'll do this then quickly. Yeah, yeah. Just to remind you that, hey, don't say nothing happened, you know, because I'm (laughs) still here, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, even uh, just another thing that just just springs to mind at the moment is um, one time the house was empty. The owners used to go away a lot and, you know, I, I would be left with the key. Um, to the building and after hours um, you were allowed to bring your family in you know to do a personal tour so I remember my mom and my sister coming um, this particular day and bear in mind nobody you could see in the car park if there was anybody around no cars no people it was out of hours so mom and sister parked up um, I did them the, the normal hour tour we came out and the car doors were wide open and you know my mom and my sister gases we've been broken into even though there is nobody at all in the area and they know that they had locked the car doors the car doors were literally wide open you know it was just another sign that we are here you know i took it as you know yeah we're here you know and i want to prove to your family that there is something going on here we are still here and they were fascinated they were absolutely fascinated. And, and again, you know, they, they felt blessed because they had actually witnessed something, whereas nothing had happened as had gone round. Um, so amazing. Again, amazing. Things, things like that, um, you, you would not create that in your own mind. You know, you, if someone was making a story up, because people do, as you know, oh, um, yeah. you're not going to say, and then at the end, nothing happened, but we went outside, all the doors are wide open on a car, because that's just like, who would come up with that as an idea? Um, it's, yeah. It's it's also interesting that kind of what it's done there, the spirits or the entities that in the building, is they've also, also kind of said, and we can reach outside to the car. You know, it's not just things yeah. inside we can do. We're on the grounds. We're all around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, many people have witnessed things in the grounds. Um, many, many people. And in fact, um, that, that sort of takes me back to when at the weekends, when it was open to the public, people could just basically roll up in the car and then we had an outdoor caravan. And that was our office. So if we were selling tickets to do uh, guided tours, um, we, you know, we sat in the caravan while we were waiting for people to come. And there was one particular day, and it was a normal weather, there was no wind, it was just normal weather. It was a very, very quiet Sunday morning, very quiet. And uh, my my fellow guide, Steve and I, we were just sat there, and all right, you know, we were messing around with tarot cards, okay, just because we were bored. So we were playing around with them, and next thing you know, the caravan door, the caravan shook with the force of the door was flung open, like something invisible and a flung, and the whole caravan shook, and wow, wow. So we both goes outside immediately, and as to be expected, nothing there, nobody there, absolutely nobody there, not a trace of wind. And, you know, we laughed and we said to ourselves, you know, whatever's here doesn't approve of tarot cards. What do you think? I would agree. I'd agree. I mean, these, these, um, I was listening to something yesterday, a a different podcast where they were on about uh, tarot cards and how 
people don't realise sometimes that tarot cards can be seen almost like the same way as we would use, um, uh, you know, uh, Ouija boards and things like that because it's mm-hmm. it's all communication. I know you physically don't put your finger on it and ask it to do it, but it's it's either it's one of three things. One of them is it's it's just luck, and we we turn it into something that means something. Uh, number two is that the uh, the spirits, the entity, or whatever energy is around you that's that's interacting, is actually making you select certain cards um and then the third one i suppose is just it, it's we don't understand it's a, it's a paranormal and these cards present themselves but i do think mm. that it's the intent of what you use anything um one of the, the things that someone described was are ouija boards dangerous and someone said well a ouija board in itself isn't dangerous because people now have got things like chopping boards that, uh, that have got ouija boards on its display mm. well just because you're chopping some onions up on there doesn't mean that you're, you're opening a gate it's the intent of what you're going to do with it so technically if you put a glass down on that um, and, and your intention was to speak to spirits you're willing them to come through so i think it depends on the intent um but again if you're in this environment where um you know uh, we had this gentleman um john wall uh, that John was Moore. yeah it was there uh, and obviously these these also these sightings of monks that are there. perhaps that was that was their view in them days that it was somewhat demonic it was something evil it was something like probably, a, a witch would do probably. and so probably. yeah again it's it, it's probably something to do with how they saw them rather than how they actually are now because I, I think tarot cards are quite safe personally i, I like yeah. to have me me readings done i know a lot of people um, who do it very close to me, that do tarot readings, and I've had some fascinating things that have come out there. Um, mm. So I think in the right hands and, and, and done with the right intent, I think they're a wonderful, wonderful thing for people to have. I just think perhaps the spirits that were there um, were kind of looking at you from that, from their eyes from in their day and mm. probably thought we don't want witchcraft on the land. Um, mm. But again, it's the timing as well. I think it's a lovely timing. You were just doing tarot cards and then there's... Caravan door gets ripped open and slams against Absolutely. the side. Absolutely. Yeah. As yeah. I say, the whole thing shook. It was so strong. You know, it, it was just like, what? And then we just we just laughed about it and said, they don't approve of us doing this, do they? <laughs> um, so, you know, basically, there were so many other things happen, you know, from, from footsteps to cameras not working. That was a very, very common one. You know, you'd have fully charged cameras and there was an inability, um, you know, to, to for them to work. You know, so what is all that about? It was built, Jingle Hall was built on uh, across, cross ley lines as well, which, right. you know, some people believe that yeah. extreme energy yeah. um, power spots. But as I say, that was, I just wish it was open to this day because that was the most significant, you know, paranormal place to be investigated seriously. And unfortunately, it's a private house now and has been for, gosh, let's see, um, we lost our jobs when the new owners told us they didn't want the public going round. So that was, I was pregnant with my daughter, so that was 1997. Yeah, it's, it says, I just had a quick look here, it says property was then bought by the Kirkhams in February 1995. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, but again, it'd be fascinating to find out if they still have experiences there, wouldn't it? Uh, I have been back. Okay. I, I have been back. Um, it took quite a lot of persuading. However, he did let us back because, you know, I said, look, I was an ex-guide, you know, just for old times sake, can I just bring a couple of friends with me? And all I can say is, it was dead. It oh, right. was completely gone. Whatever was there was 
not there anymore. It looked like any other house. It was carpeted, whereas before they have the stone floors, yeah. you know, uh, fireplaces had a sort of gas fires put in them, whereas before it was logs. You, you know that they'd modernised it yeah. to look like a normal house. And on that particular night, I can't speak for now, but on that particular night, the the atmosphere had gone. It was flat. And I, I just said to my, my, my friends, you know, I said, it's gone. Now, what was, that, what was their viewpoint on it? I mean, were, were they obviously protective over their own house, but was their viewpoint that it was it could be could be real or paranormal, or were they like, oh, look, nothing happens here, but you can come and do investigation? No, they they didn't believe it. Basically, yeah. they they you know they didn't believe it, but um, you know, it's very sad that you know a house that had such um, a reputation and such a a powerhouse of activity is off. The yeah. scene now for yeah. you know serious investigators. Yeah, but, just just to look at it online. I mean, the the history, especially for that gentleman, for well Saint John Wall, um, mm-hmm. it says here, and the, uh, apparently um, he was offered his life if he would forsake his religion. He declined, and then he was uh, drawn and quartered, yeah. and his body was given out to. Uh, you know, separately to his friends and that so what a terrible thing i mean he stood he stood by his religion even to the point where he knew he was going to die yeah Um, yeah you know this this is common isn't it in in those days you know the priests would literally die for the religion yeah Yeah. but you know it does make you wonder doesn't it whether this legend about his his skull his head being brought back and buried in the ground somewhere but nobody has ever found yeah, it's, um, it, it does say here that uh, a Mr. Levinson, however, allegedly acquired the martyr's head, uh, okay. and, it, and it was treasured by the friars uh, at Worcester until the dissolution uh, uh, of that house during the French oh. Revolution. And um, again, this is on Wikipedia, so as you know, anybody oh. can get on there and edit things. But right. it does it does look like as though yeah, the, this the history is all correct. It all ticks all the boxes it's meant to. It's just such a, a really sad history um but again it's it's a powerful one i suppose from a religious point of view because like you say um saint john wall um mm. gave his life knowing that he, he wasn't going to turn his way to turn his face away from his religion so yeah um, yeah, yeah t- ter- terrible and, and, and sad but also very powerful thing for him to do very powerful absolutely yeah. absolutely so so Perhaps. yeah you know but many many stories you know anyway of you know people police uh, there was one story, this is not personal to me, but, you know, just, just an example. Um, you know, a policeman was doing a patrol. Uh, couldn't even give you the dates of this. Um, but a policeman was apparently patrolling and he saw lights on a jingle hall from a distance. So he thought the house was apparently empty at the time. And um, he drove up and he said he heard the sounds of what sounded like a party, a lot of people eating and drinking within the hall and he heard it quite clearly and he looked in through the window you know uh, with his torch thinking there's intruders in here what's happened and uh, of course nothing there and as soon as he peered in silence yeah that's just one of the very well-known stories but you know there's so much so much out there and you know there'll be a lot on um, google as well about the ghost yeah. of jingle hall Eleanor, you know, the, the girl who was locked up, um, who had some sort of learning difficulty. And that was a very, very sad room. People would burst into tears, including myself. While I was in the middle of a tour, I would suddenly say, 
I don't know why, but I feel the need to cry. And it became infectious. People were crying and everybody's, why are we crying in this room? Like an emotion was, was left there. Like an emotion was left there, yeah. you know, um, from this young girl. So it's such a shame that it's, it's, it's off bounds now, but... There you go, <laughs> and, and obviously it's not just you know uh, we, we as we started off at the beginning of the, of, of the show, uh, you were talking about your life uh, with the paranormal, which started off at a different property, obviously, um, mm-hmm. and, and you had them things then. Have you had anything since Shingle Hall? Since Shingle Hall, um, yeah, I have things all the time, really, and um, I can't really think of of anything. It's just just yeah. premonitions. Uh, for example, I'll know um, somebody's going to ring me. Somebody unexpected, I'm expecting a phone call shortly. And, you know, within, I don't know, 10 minutes, something like that, the phone rings. You know, it, I can't really explain it. it. It's very, very difficult to explain. But I just suddenly start thinking about something and it happens. Um, and I, I do remember one particular time um, when I was walking to my mum's. This was after I'd left home. I was just visiting my mum in Lancaster. And there was... Um, the road that leads up to a house, very, very high walls, extremely high walls, and it was very bendy road. So you couldn't just look up the road. You didn't know who was coming around that corner. And I suddenly was walking up, and I suddenly started thinking of this person. Let's call him Jeffrey from primary school. He wasn't even a particular friend of mine. He was just somebody that was in the class. And I suddenly started thinking, Jeffrey, 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 Jeffrey. Guess who came around the next corner? It's Jeffrey. Yep. Yeah, and he recognised me after all these years. So, so yeah, I, I would call myself sensitive rather than medium because there's no way I wouldn't even know how to turn it on and off at will. Yeah. Um. So, but you know, I do tend to pay attention to my feelings. You know, if something feels wrong, it that you know, I will, I will avoid it. You know, hence my fear of driving. Have you so, always had? Have you always had this kind of instinct, or is there something that's kind of gotten stronger as you got older? No, I was very, very. I, I don't know where my fear of of things like this has has come from, because I remember as a small child thinking about. I was playing out as you do. I used to go on the swings on the moors. So goodness knows how old I was. I was definitely, you know, primary school. Um, but, you know, fire engines, if fire engines went past, my stomach would turn. It, and it's really strange for a child to say that, isn't it? Thinking, oh, I hope it's not my house. I hope it's not my house. And, you know, that, okay, was a long time ago, but I've always felt this kind of thing. Um and again, it must, my mum must have some sort of ability that's possibly been passed to me because I remember once I was in a, what turned out to be not, not in a serious car accident, um, but in the middle of the night, we were travelling back from London, the car had a blowout and we ended up in a ditch, you know, it was shock, there was no injury, it was just just shock. Yeah. And that very night, um when we got finally got home, probably about 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning, and the phone was ringing, and um, it was my mum, and she said, are you all right? She said, I just had the most sickening feeling. I couldn't rest that something's happened to you while you were driving. Now, my mum lives in a different town. She had no reason to phone me, you know, but she had that strong feeling. 
Um, so she knew about that. And again, I knew about my house fire before it happened. You know, it, I, I can't explain it. So that is why I pay attention to my gut instincts. Yeah, it's like an inherited it. intuition. And yes, yeah. in some sort of intuition, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Right, we're coming up towards probably about another 10 minutes um, of the show that's left, but I need to ask you a, a question that uh, sure. I'd like to ask. I know there's no solid answer to this, but mm-hmm. if we're looking at um, ghosts, what, what, what would you say that they are? <laughs> well, nobody knows what they are, let's yeah. face it. Everybody's got their theories. Yeah. Um, now, I... My theories blow each other out of the ocean simply because sometimes you think ghosts are just memories. Um, you know, we're looking at something as if it's like being replayed. You know, the stone tape theory yes, where stone yeah. holds memories and visions and everything. So you can say that if we saw a ghost, can they really, really see us? Or are we just watching, like, we're watching TV or a film? It's something being replayed there in their own time they can't see us they can't interact with us however what about um you know you can't say that all ghosts are that because what about the ghosts that come and interact with people um you know there's a very famous case just off the top of my head i can't remember the name but uh, it was a victorian case of the the sea captain he was due home and his wife had arranged a huge party in london for him all his family all the friends were there and he came people saw him and he actually said to his wife it's all over with me and then they couldn't find him again in the party so afterwards they found out that the ship went down and he died but this ghost whatever the spirit had come back to say to his family and they'd seen him so that is a personal interaction isn't it so that is no memory you know and i used to um know a lady a very old lady and she was um also interested in the paranormal we had you know i used to go shopping for her um, just voluntarily and i remember one day she said to me she says my dear she said i know you're interested in this subject so what do you make of this she said last night i sat up in bed something woke me up and my sister who had passed away her older sister um was sat on the bed just smiling at her and she said what do you think it means now obviously you know to me i kept this quiet i was not going to say this to her but i thought I wonder if his sister's coming back for her, mm. you know, to, to take to take her away. And sure enough, she passed over very, very quickly. So that them kind know. of tales are quite common, aren't they? Where people see uh, loved mm. ones, the, the the visitation. These again, there's there's some some theories on on why them things happen. Um, I spoke to a, a priest, um, Anglican priest, uh, Father Jason Bray. And mm-hmm. he he said that the Anglican Church, how they look at uh, the paranormal, which is very similar to you, um, mm-hmm. is they they see that um, there's almost this recorded kind of uh, phenomena that we have, which mm-hmm. is the stone tape theory. Um, mm-hmm. So some replays over you can't you can see them, but they can't see you. They don't interact. You're just watching something that's been done them many times. Mm-hmm. It's recorded into the environment, into mm-hmm. the building, mm-hmm. it's in um, mm-hmm. or the ground. Uh, then these. Um, 
poltergeist, which they don't treat poltergeist activity as um, ghosts uh, or spirits. They believe that it's normally dysfunctional families and that you need to, to calm the energy down. It's the energy. In other words, if people are screaming and shouting at each other, if you mm-hmm. can control them, it stops it. In other words, we project things. We make things move uh, with, okay. with our own mind. That's what they believe. But then they do acknowledge um, what they call real hauntings. And, and real hauntings are obviously where a spirit will see you, interact with you, normally look mm-hmm. solid as well. You know, a lot of people you were talking about earlier on that a lot of people believe the paranormal uh, happens at night. People only see ghosts mm. at night. Most people see these things in the day. Of and, mo- course. and most people as well actually think it's a real person until they, they disappear or something happens yep. that they can't understand. Um, which makes me wonder how many people have seen a ghost and don't even and know it because they've walked past... Yeah, they, they just Absolutely walked past somebody true. who looks solid. Um, but absolutely amazing stories, that show. I mean, you've had a really good... I mean, you're still do your paranormal investigations, you're accredited. Uh, are you mm. out there still doing them? I, I am a, a trained investigator, yes. So if there's anything in the, you know, this part of the country, the chances are that, you know, they would ask me and my little team to okay. to investigate it. So, um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get your I'll get your details off you then and we'll stick them in the show notes so when people mm. come and visit the show, if they want to speak to uh, to, to Joe and uh, anything that you've got down in Preston that you'd like to um, get them linked up with, have them come and investigate. I would recommend people like Joe as well to come and do this and it's, it's very similar to how I've always, I've always done um, ghost hunts. Uh, in fact, I prefer to call them paranormal investigations than ghost hunts. Um, yes. And I always try to de- debunk as much as I can. So I'm probably terrible to go on these, sometimes these like kind of almost commercial ones, I call them paranormal pantomimes, where you kind of go out and everything's the paranormal. You know, anything that happens, paranormal. Yes. Footsteps, paranormal. Light somewhere, it's paranormal. Everything's the paranormal. I'm, yes. I'm terrible because... I would shout up and say, it's not that. It's obviously, it's yeah. just there's a vacuum effect here, so the door shut because of that. There's a exactly. window open at the end of the corridor. Um, but I think people like yourself, Joe, you, you do credit to this kind of uh, our industry that we're in um, because we aren't damage, damaging it like other people are. The, the more fakery yeah. that goes on, it takes away from serious scientific uh, research. It does, and it's sad, you know, because yeah. I, I've actually tried. I thought just out of curiosity, let's go on one of these commercial things and see what happens. Yeah. And like you say, you heard it around. Do you hear that noise? Did yeah. you see that there? Ghost, 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 ghost. Because let's face it, if nothing happens, people aren't going to go on them and they just want to make money. But real ghost hunting, let's say what real ghost hunting is or investigating yeah. is, it's sitting possibly by yourself in a room with a notepad, yeah. a pen and a camera yeah. and being Board. Yeah, it's, do you know? Do you know? It's funny you should say that because I always say to people, uh, a genuine paranormal investigation is normally about five hours of nothing. Exactly. You know, you, you, like you say, it's not it's not great for selling tickets, which unfortunately <laughs> there's a lot of people trying to sell tickets now. Um, exactly. In fact, we have we have ghost hunts um, up at the Eight Palm Mall, the Paralysis Escape Rooms in Anley, and so mm-hmm. on. Now mm-hmm. um, we we deliberately keep our numbers down to eight people. We try to keep yeah. it as a maximum of 80 people a night. And the reason we do that is be, we want the people who are there, not just to have a full experience, but we want them to do the investigation. And we want we say to them, right, please, please try to debunk everything. 
we yeah. ask him to do. He's, there's nothing. There's no old board. You can go in anywhere. You can pick any object up. You can, you know, you can inspect everything as you go along. I prefer because we have lots of things that happen now. It's crazy, um, mm-hmm. but I would much prefer somebody to go. I know what that thing is that you've been having at me for the last couple of years. It's this, and I go brilliant. Thank you. I prefer, yeah. I prefer to debunk it because that's that's how we get that one percent at the end where we go. There we go. That's paranormal. We can't explain that, exactly. can we? We can't explain exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, Joe, so, we definitely we'll take your details and shove them in the show notes so people can contact you directly. Fantastic. Thank you. I've really enjoyed talking to you. No, so, so have I. So, um, wrap, like I say, we, we've wrapped that up. Thank you very much, Joe, for taking us, um, obviously, uh, to your lovely Preston and talking about your history uh, with ghosts, the paranormal, the cats, the key, the banging, lots of things that have happened there. And, and obviously, Chingalore, which sounds like a, a wonderful place. I've had a little look on the internet just at uh, what it looks like, and it's a magnificent um, uh, building, absolutely magnificent. Um, so, right, uh, Joe, thank you very much for coming on the show thank you and until next time guys stay safe 